1: No purchase necessary. VGW group Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply.
2: You are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and this is our review of Mortal Kombat. First learned about this seven years ago. On a mission in Brazil to capture a wanted fugitive. When we got there, it tore through our unit in seconds.
1: The target has superhuman abilities. the same marking you do, Cole. It's a birthmark. What do you mean? He was born with it.
0: It's not a birthmark, Cole. It means you've been chosen.
2: Throughout history, different cultures all over the world reference a great tournament of champions. That dragon marking? I think it's an invitation to fight for something known. as mortal kombat.
0: These are your champions.
2: I'm Sonya. That's Kano.
0: I'm Liu Name's nice, Jax. Kong. Lao.
2: Lord Raiden. The fate of Earth is in our hands.
1: No matter how many of my people you put in the ground... You will not fail, kill them. Beauty. All right,
2: everybody, you were just listening to the trailer from Mortal Kombat. And the story is as follows. MMA fighter Cole Young seeks out Earth's greatest champions in order to stand against the enemies of Outworld in a high stakes battle for the universe. The film is starring Louis Tan, Jessica McName, Josh Lawson, Tenobu Asano, Makad Brooks, Ludi Lin, Shin Han, Joe Taslim, and Hiroyuki Sanada. It is directed by Simon McQuoid. And it is written by Greg Russo and Dave Callaham. Here to join me today for this podcast review, I have Josh Parham. Hello, hello. Dan Bear. Finish him. Welcome, everyone, to Mortal Kombat. And I, I, I don't even know if that's like the theme music. I'm just trying to like do something here. Um, it's been a long time since i played those games. Uh, But yes, I do have some early memories from my childhood of playing Mortal Kombat, the originals. I used to uh, play those video games with some friends of mine, and I uh, used to play them at arcades, if people are old enough to remember what those are. So this was a very, very influential uh, video game that has been uh, adapted before, uh, most famously into uh, two films from the uh, 90s that are. Really, really, really not good, and the video games have only been able to stay relevant uh, throughout the years uh, through continuous sequels, updated graphics technology, and of course, fatalities, or in some cases, brutality, (laughs) and it's just been like really, really cool to see the evolution of the series. So we knew that another reboot was definitely possible, considering it's been Uh, almost 20 years, uh, no, wait, I I lied, like almost 30 years since the uh, last film adaptation. So here we are now with updated special effects and a whole new reboot to this franchise from Warner Brothers, now currently streaming on HBO Max. So why don't we start off first with your familiarity with the franchise, if you are acclimated at all with the original films, and ultimately, what did you think of the 2021 film Mortal Kombat starting it off with Josh Parr?
1: So when I think back to this property of Mortal Kombat, I wouldn't say that I really had that much familiarity with the the property. I kind of have like flashes in my mind when I was a kid of those arcade games that I could only look at but could was never allowed to play because my parents said no or, Oh yeah. <laughs> or um I remember, like, the trailer to the 95 movie that played on my VHS copy of The Mask. <laughs> That's what I remember from that original film, and that trailer was oh. burned into my memory. So That is amazing. <laughs> yeah. So I have, like, these, like, peripheral touchstones of Mortal Kombat in my life, but I've never really been fully immersed in it. At the same time, as I've gotten older, I've sort of recognized that it has a lot of elements that I normally gravitate towards in in films, and while I don't think they've ever been translated well in previous movies, I, I still recognize the potential that they have, and I for that reason, I was looking forward to this new movie. I, I thought that it had potential to be really entertaining, and unfortunately, I did not really like this movie. It was a huge disappointment for me. There's a lot of reasons for that, but I really think it comes down to the writing and the directing for me. Um, I think both of those are pretty poor. And even on the very basic level of just wanting good action, I don't think this movie even delivers on that. And it felt like it was just sort of a lot of setup with not a lot of payoff. And unfortunately, I was very much let down by this movie. Okay, All right. What about you, Dan Baer? Why don't you uh, come into the
0: conversation
2: or as they say,
0: get over here. (laughs) All right. So, the Mortal Kombat video game was released on consoles in, like, the mid-90s, early mid-90s. And I remember at the time, uh, we just had, like, regular Nintendo at the house. And we were not, like, my parents were like, no, you're not getting the Super Nintendo or, you know, Sega Genesis or whatever. Like, that's not happening. But... I was able to choose between getting a Game Boy or Game Gear, which is the Sega handheld um, gaming system. And I remember specifically wanting to get the game Gear because it was in color, unlike the Game Boy. And part of my reason for wanting color was wanting to play Mortal Kombat and see, you know, the color because mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. it's kind of a very very particular color.
0: <laughs> kind of pointless without it. Um lots of uh, lots of shades of gray uh, otherwise. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um so I spent I can't even tell you how many hours when I was like a kid or like early teen or teenager some I don't remember exactly how old I was but like I cannot tell you how many hours. I spent playing that fucking game (laughs) when I was a kid and I remember when the movie coming out and making the choice not to go see it in the movie theater because all the reviews that I read at the time were like, this is trash. It's terrible. It's awful. Um, and I was like very snobby about what reviews said at the time. <laughs> Clearly, a whole lot has changed since then. But I did eventually see it with friends at some sleepover or something. And it, it's bad, but it's bad in a way that is like can't be. It is a B movie, and it knows it. And. <laughs> The other thing that you need to know about me, which will come as a surprise to a lot of people, I think, is that my, like, biggest guilty pleasure is I love stupid, big, dumb 80s action movies. I'm talking, like, Conan the Barbarian and Conan the Destroyer, Bloodsport, Cotta. like, I... <laughs> love that shit!
1: Nice Jim Cotta <laughs> shout out. Yes,
0: <laughs> thank, you. thank you, Josh. <laughs> I I love it for. So many reasons. (laughs) So this, so the original Mortal Kombat movie, because it is sort of really of that lineage where like, it's bad, but you're not going for the plot or the cinematography or the acting. You're going to see people kick ass and it delivers at that. Um, Although like watching it today, like man, the special effects are terrible. Um, But so anyway, which is, All this is a really long way to contextualize the fact that I really enjoyed watching this Mortal Kombat. I can't help myself. It pushed all of the nostalgia buttons except one really important one. And that is that this movie takes itself too damn seriously. Which is weird when it is so fully embracing the ridiculousness of the Mortal Kombat property. Like, I am not going to lie. The, when in the first act, when Kano stuck his knife and hand through the through the, through the reptile and pulled its damn heart out and said, Kano wins. <laughs> I was giddy. I was giddy. I was laughing on my couch. I was bouncing up and down. I was so fucking happy. But it has moments like that that are like over the top and, you know, kind of nudge, nudge, wink, wink to the video game, but includes them in a story that is just so somber and dark and heavy and portentous and. It, it's like, I can't fully enjoy the fun that does exist because everything surrounding it is so heavy. And on top of that, the the filmmaking is just not
2: good, okay. So here's the funny thing for me. I actually have the exact opposite reaction as you do, Dan, to this movie. You think the filmmaking is good? No, 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 oh, okay. not exactly. <laughs> Not exactly that opposite. Um, I actually was really enjoying this movie when it was taking itself seriously, and it was the more winking at the camera moments, like trying to find ways to include um, nostalgic lines of dialogue from the video game series and work its way into the movie. Like that moment, you know, like you said, Kato wins. I was like, you're kidding me, right? That was exactly the point. And I get it, like that's part of the... That's part of the charm here, I understand. And that's also just the franchise, like in a nutshell, you know. Um, But I I do like the moments where, for example, um, when uh, Sonya is explaining to Kano what Mortal Kombat is and he says, sounds like you made it up. And you even spelled it wrong, too, on top of that, like with a K (laughs) instead of a C. I was like, yes, give me this postmodern take on Mortal Kombat in a way that does take itself seriously. I like this. But to kind of dial it back just a little bit here, in the lead up to the release of this movie, they had um, released online the first, I think it was seven minutes of the movie. It's basically like the opening act. And in the opening, uh, we're taking place here in 17th century Japan and by Han, who later becomes uh, Sub-Zero, attacks um, uh uh hanzo uh hasashi's uh you know family and this hanzo guy ends up becoming um scorpion later on spoiler alert i i i hope not because for people that are watching this movie i assume that their fans wouldn't have some sort of history with these characters but anyway or they've seen the poster (laughs) sure sure exactly (laughs) that opening i thought was fantastic I was so sucked yeah. into the movie right from the very beginning because I was like, "Ooh, he just murdered this guy's entire family, so there's going to be some sort of revenge element." And then next thing you know, you have um uh you have uh Hiro Yuki uh Sonada who's just like cutting down guys left and right and, you know, this fight choreography. The editing is a little a little much at time, but you know the blood and just the the fight choreography i was like yes this is what i want to see and then he finds uh bihan and they have this uh fight you know in the forest and everything and i was like this is brutal this is like driven by emotion they're really establishing this uh you know as sub-zero as such a great antagonist right now and then you know clearly there's going to be a revenge element to all of this i was like i was so into the opening of this movie and then it cuts to present day and then we're introduced to all of the modern wooden characters who could not say a line of dialogue compelling enough that it would. I, I just like at that point, the movie lost me because it was like every single line of dialogue to me was just so silly and so stupid. Every uh, performance was shallow and completely unengaging to me on pretty much every single level. And the one character who is, like, meant to actually provide some level of entertainment or levity, uh, Kano, played by Josh Lawson, is an annoying little shit. And I get that that's, like, kind of the point of it all, but so much so that it was grating. It actually didn't serve the purpose, I think, that they wanted it to serve.
1: Yeah, he's he is annoying, but... I don't know if that performance also has any, like, charm to it either. Like, you can uh, be, uh, like, antagonistic and kind of grating, but do it in a way that is somewhat endearing as a villain. And I never thought that that character in particular really, like, reveled in being charming. It was like he was always just trying to be grating and annoying, and I didn't think the balance was was quite right for that character or that performance.
0: Yeah. I keep the, the gold standard for like that kind of role that I keep going back to is, uh, Joe Pantoliano in the matrix. Yes. Mm, okay. Yeah. We're like, you know, he's having fun with it. You know, he knows this character is a shit and he's kind of embracing it all the way throughout the movie. And they really didn't do that with Kano. And I wish that they had, but like you know, it's someone who understands that the person is a shit and still wants you to love him anyway. Like that's part of the fun—is that like love to hate. And mm-hmm. as far as this particular film goes, as far as love to hate, um, I love to hate bad acting.
2: Really? <laughs> and like, well, then you must have felt right at home here. No, you, you got your level level here. <laughs> you know, I like I said before, I was so into. This idea that this was going to be a story that was possibly following uh, Scorpion, you know, and he's like telling Sub Zero, do not forget this face. And I'm like, yes, yes. I was like, this is excellent. And then we're introduced to um, this character, Cole Young, who now correct me if I'm wrong here. This is an entirely made up character for this movie, yes?
1: Oh, you were I- asking the wrong person.
2: <laughs> okay, fair enough. I just I just don't have any familiarity with this character is all.
0: Yes, I I believe so. But in fairness, I have not played a Mortal Kombat game since I was a kid. And there have been many, many new Mortal Kombat.
2: And my extent of uh, my exposure to the Mortal Kombat games is every time they release a new game, I usually pull up the YouTube video that just shows me the fatality kills. (laughs) So that's why Cole Young is not really ringing a bell for me. But either way, he's played by this guy, Louis Tan. And I am really, really sorry. The guy's got the amount of charisma as a brick. And that's really all I got to add for that. And I'm sure one of you is going to chime in any minute and say that he's pretty to look at. You know, maybe.
1: I mean, he is, but it still doesn't change the fact that he's not a great actor in this movie. And I think... To be honest with you, nobody's a good actor in this movie. Like, this movie doesn't have any good performances, really, because they don't have good characters. Right. Like, these people are introduced so frequently, most of them just giving exposition dumps, and there is nothing to set them up, nothing to make you root for any of their motivations. And that was another element that I found very frustrating with this movie is that it felt like it assumed the audience had a lot of knowledge of these characters previously – and really did not do a great job of setting their placement up within this particular story. And I found myself very struggling to become invested in it.
2: Well, that's the thing, too, that hurt me a little bit, too, is that the movie felt like it was made so much for fans and not for newcomers. That it was really, really hard for me as someone with uh, a bit of familiarity, but not that much, to really get into it in a way that... Um, in a way that could help me to overcome some more of the uh, inside jokes and nods to the f- franchise and so on and so forth. And I get it. This is why I acknowledged in my review of the movie that I'm sure fans will love this because it is introducing um, these reintroducing these characters in a way that I think is a little less hokey than the original uh, films were it's still like obviously not perfect because it is hindered by poor writing and acting but dan i i hear what you're saying in regards to maybe it could have used a little bit more camp to make it more entertaining at least
0: yeah because the, the thing is i mean like they set just about everything up so badly i mean like you said it, it starts off and kind of ultimately is the story of Sub-Zero and Scorpion.
2: Yeah, and like everybody else is just kind of caught up in it.
0: <laughs> yeah, and they're a feud, but like they tease what their relationship is and then never actually go into it what it actually is at all. Like, they they keep mentioning like names of clans or family or whatever it is. I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's not explained and it's not Like when it comes to the end, like if you're going to make this a more serious, quote unquote, version of this property, then give us something to care about. And yeah, it, I mean, just giving a scorpion a dead family is not enough.
2: It came off to be like they wanted this to be PG-13 in regards to let's cater towards a mass audience. Let's cast some good-looking people like in some of these roles here. They don't have to be the best actors in the role, but let's just get some good-looking people that fit the mold of the characters well enough. And the overall tone of it just felt like it was so catered towards the masses, which is odd because the content is very niche, but the tone of it is very broad. And as a result, I I, I just kept thinking to myself the whole time. It's like, it's very odd to see a movie that feels like it was made for a very, very broad audience, but it has this hardcore R rating because you kind of have to for Mortal Kombat. And as a result of which it just feels like it's just clashing with too many different routes. It could take its own self identity in that. It actually ends up losing itself along the way.
1: Yeah. I think that's actually a really Interesting observation, Matt, that this movie is rated R, but it does sort of have the tone and sensibility of something that is trying to, like, dumb itself down to uh, a PG-13 rating. And I did find myself very frustrated with that quite often, and I really wasn't ever engaged with the tone all that much.
2: It reminded me a lot of the – believe it or not, the – not Transformers, oh my god, the uh, Power Rangers reboot. That they just did recently, oh, yeah. in
0: that regard, um, the the thing that, that bothered me about it, because you're right, there were moments in time where I thought it did feel like a a kind of a PG thirteen ish movie, but the whole point of Mortal Kombat is you know the mortal combat, and they they put, the fatalities were awesome, but the fights themselves on the whole were not.
2: I didn't mind the fight. I didn't mind the fight choreography. What I had a problem with was the editing of the sequences themselves. There's too much cutting in some of these fight sequences. And a lot of – Close-ups and medium shots and wides, you know, a lot of times uh, nowadays, if you want to make some compelling action, you really have to scale it back and you really have to see the fight and you can't mask it with these cuts because audiences now are sophisticated enough that they don't fall for that anymore. They want to see like in uh, the Mission Impossibles and the John Wicks, these stuntmen really throwing their bodies into all of these moves and really going at it in a way that makes it feel very real and believable. And here, like I said, from a choreography standpoint, the moves and the kicks and punches and so on and so forth, none of that bothered me, but it was just the way it was all chopped up that kind of took me out of it every time until they got to a very, very gory, blood-soaked kill, or a fatality, as it will, uh, that obviously then made you go, ooh, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. It, w- this movie is not very well shot in terms of its action sequences. I was actually like surprised by how mm. poorly these fight scenes were executed. And I agree that the choreography necessarily isn't the problem. I think that that looks pretty well done. But the way that it is presented, yeah, it is just so poorly executed and i remember that there, there was this one sequence when they're like cutting back and forth between this really big battle that's happening in like this training area and this other one-on-one with uh cole young and uh what's the big thing with the mini arms i've already oh, goro. forgotten goro Goro. Yeah. yes that's it <laughs> cutting back and forth between those two sequences just killed all momentum in both of those yeah. scenes to me the way that they were edited together
0: yeah agree it, it, it's edited together the very very choppily and i not for nothing but the director his most of his previous work is commercials and that makes sense because you know you when you're shooting a commercial you want it to be fast and you want it to be punchy and you want people to, you know, just walk away energized by it. And that's an okay approach for a Mortal Kombat movie in theory, but in practice here, it doesn't actually work as well because you can't see the goddamn fight choreography, and that's what we want to see in a Mortal Kombat movie.
2: Yeah. Totally. You know, and it's funny, too, because like when I was thinking about um, so, for example, something like uh, Godzilla versus Kong recently, uh, that was a movie where I said on the podcast, hey, you know what you're signing up for. You hope that the movie will deliver on that front. And with Mortal Kombat, it's like, okay, my expectations are right where I need them to be. I know what I'm signed up for here. I'm hoping to get X, Y and Z out of it totally fine i'm asking for the bare minimum just give me the bare minimum and they give it to me but it's not perfect like it's not at least kong and godzilla delivered on those action sequences where with mortal kombat it's like it's there and it's close to being good but it never quite reaches that point where i can go okay like i'm satisfied enough no i I was left wanting and very disappointed even on the elements where i expected
1: them to blow me away See, I would even argue about it being close <laughs> to being good. Honestly, like I, because I also walked into this movie not really with the highest of expectations. I just wanted to be entertained with some good fight scenes, and I accepted that the writing wasn't going to be great. But I do think that just the onslaught of characters that we get that serve very little function in the plot just because that was it. very. Yeah, it became very, like, annoying after a while. And then when I couldn't even find myself really giving it all to these action sequences because they were so poorly executed, it was just, like, further insult uh, to injury with this. And I was just, like, having a really tough time getting invested in this movie that did not deliver on the bare minimum for me and was not doing a really good job of presenting that.
0: So this movie is my uh Godzilla versus Kong, my monster verse thing. And like I have no connection to Godzilla movies and monster movies. I that was not my thing growing up. But this kind of like martial arts, the focus is just the fighting. We don't care about anything else type of movie. That very much is. And I found the the fight sequences here to be like a a really mixed bag because it was stoking all the nostalgia buttons of the moves from the game and even looking like the game. Like, some of the sets are, you know, the arenas that you're in in the game. And they even, like, you know... do the iconic shot of having them, you know, like in their fighting stance on opposite sides of the screen. And, you know, like every time they do that, I got a little giddy because it's pushing all the right nostalgia buttons.
2: Yeah. The nods to the franchise and the way that they incorporate like all of these nostalgic moments, I, I can completely understand if you're a fan of the franchise why you would like this. Yeah. My, my big problem is that it feels like the film at times is bending over backwards to
0: accommodate them. I actually didn't get that feeling but what i did the feeling that i did get was that they were so focused on getting the the look of the moves and the characters accurate that they they spent all this time on the aesthetics of it but then when it came time to piece together the fight they didn't care about making sure that it made any sort of visual, spatial sense.
2: Well, I think that all that could have been forgiven. If I'm being very honest with you all, I think a lot of these technical elements in terms of how the biggest point of this movie's, uh, (laughs) the biggest point this movie wants to make, which is like, hey, look at these great fight scenes. This all could have been forgiven, uh, these mistakes with these scenes, if if the characters were compelling and I was emotionally invested in these characters. But that's where, for me... Everything falls apart because even our main hero um, you know Cole Young I I, I just like I never got emotionally invested in the journey of self-discovery that he was going on meeting all these new characters and the movie because there are so many characters doesn't have the time to get us uh, acclimated with all of them in a way that they have their own self contained arcs or anything like that so it was really 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 difficult for me to care much about what was happening in these uh, fight sequences,
0: uh, yeah. I mean, like, like I said, like the fight sequences themselves like there is enough there for me as someone who's a fan of Mortal Kombat to enjoy it. But on the level of like someone who likes movies, I was frankly a little offended.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, like there are the climactic uh, scene in the gym in the in the ice gym, yeah. I swear for half that fight the his his um what the Lily guy see I don't even remember his name that's how much it little this matters to me Cole young I, and how not memorable he is but yes Cole I I know that Cole's um I'm assuming it's his wife and daughter are attached in ice to the outside of the ring but I swear they are not there in every shot.
2: I agree with that. I also found like some of the editing in that scene to be a little unusual in terms of the continuity of how frozen they were in certain shots versus
0: another. Yeah. And I was just like, that's when, you know, my, my film critic cap, like just slides back on of its own accord and goes, well, this is stupid. Like how, where are they? Like, What is happening? How are they throwing people up against the like when that was all the way over there? And this, like, I when I can't make visual sense of your scene, you're doing a poor job of shooting and editing it, and that's kind of the basis of cinema. And
1: also, with that entire sequence, like, there are good moments that happen, and it's overall like somewhat entertaining, but I also am not invested in Scorpion and Sub-Zero as characters. Like, I, I get that they had this beef centuries ago, but we don't ever really return to it. We don't ever get a sense of what the stakes are between the two of them, and it was, like, it was impressive fighting, but I got no sense of connection of what this really meant to the larger story or for those characters, and that was something I found very frustrating throughout much of the action sequences of this movie. It's there's good things about them, but in terms of where their placement aren't in, in how much they mean to their, the actual characters and to what they mean in the overall story I found was very, very much lacking.
2: I kind of agree with you only because, you know, there's this text in the beginning that says that like earth realm is on the verge of catastrophe. And if they lose one more tournament, the savage realm of outworld will invade. And all I kept thinking to myself was, well, they haven't done a really good job of explaining to me why they want to invade.
1: Oh, oh, yeah. I mean, the other thing about this movie that is also incredibly oh, yeah. frustrating is that the movie is called Mortal Kombat. And you know what's not in the movie? Mortal Kombat. <laughs> <laughs> the, term, the, the Mortal Kombat is not in this
0: movie. It
1: yeah,
2: because seems... it's all build up for a sequel <laughs> that is going to deliver on Mortal Kombat.
0: The sequel baiting is so bad. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, to to the point where we got to the end of this movie and I'm like, I don't even know that we'd get to the tournament in the sequel. Probably not. You know? (laughs) Oh, like, (laughs) and honestly, like it felt like a
1: waste of time by the time we got to the end of the movie, because it just sort of seemed like we went through all of this and then it felt like the story is just going to reset in the next movie. And we didn't really advance Anything significant that was worthy of two hours to spend, and I found that also very frustrating as well. Yeah, so it's like a bad mixture of character motivations, lack of
2: character arcs. I don't even really feel emotionally connected to uh, the the main characters, but as I mentioned before, the opening between Sub Zero and Scorpion. Yes, it is like the bare minimum. And yes, it's just like this very briefly established beef that doesn't really play a part in the grander scheme of everything. But for me, like that opening sequence was like enough character motivation for me to understand uh, those two at the very least. Although it was very confusing to me throughout the rest of the movie. If Sub-Zero was a subordinate or if he was like his own thing or was he a high ranking like number two general type like I I was just very very confused about like the overall just relationship because of the fact that they do such an effective job of setting him up as the big bad in the opening scene and then you come to find
0: out later that he's not (laughs) yeah they do not do a good job of establishing characters plot the world the world building is so 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 bad yeah if you were not a like deep fan of mortal Kombat games you're not going to understand half of what's going on which like w- doesn't necessarily harm your experience of watching the movie because the plot makes like what plot there is makes very little sense but you know it could have been better <laughs> Like, it could have been. There's no reason for it to have been this bad.
2: So for final thoughts on Mortal Kombat, I'm passing it over to uh, Josh Parham first. Anything that we did not mention that you want to bring up here?
1: Um. Well, first, I think I would just say that I really do like um, Tetanobu Asano as an actor in general and was really looking forward to him as Raiden. And I thought that he was the most wasted element of this movie. That That was so disappointing because i love him so much and i was actually lo- really looking forward to him in this film and they did nothing with that character that was a big letdown like a lot of this movie i echo that completely because i
2: loved him in uh silence uh, yeah. most recently but the one also for me uh, you know like to add double to that was uh Yuki sonata um uh, mm-hmm. that was another one that for me i was like oh man like so little <laughs> You know. They are
1: your A-list talent in this movie, and they give—they're yeah. given very little to do. Like I yep. was incredibly disappointed by that. Um, and the only other like little thing I will mention is that this is yet another movie that has sequences that are supposed to take place in Chicago, and I can immediately tell it's not in Chicago. <laughs> 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 I saw this Illinois license places and it's like, oh, this oh. was supposed to be in Chicago. I did not feel bad at all so i know that's a very personal thing but demerits nonetheless
0: (laughs) did did they even say that they were
1: in chicago well he said he was from the south side of chicago and there were cars that had illinois license plates so i assume that's where they were supposed to be but it looked nothing like it
2: (laughs) that figures what else you got josh
1: you know like i said earlier this was a movie that i was looking forward to seeing it has a lot of things that i do find myself enjoying not so much to the extent that dan does but i can understand it you know i have my own niche things that i love more than way up than most most other people so i get it and there are some tangential things in these types of movies that i do enjoy but i still need to hold on to like some interesting characters or like an intriguing premise and i never felt like this movie really delivered on any of those elements and despite some good moments here or there i I just never found myself engaged to really give myself over to it and found myself very, um, I, I found the whole thing rather a tedious viewing experience to
2: be completely honest. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right, Dan, what do you got?
0: Yeah. So like, I'm not going to pretend that this is good cinema at all, but I still like enjoy it. Like when Raiden lightning lightninged in to that, opening scene i lost my shit a little not gonna lie i was like oh shit he's here
2: i mean thor entering (laughs) wakanda was a little bit better
0: to me but that's okay i mean agreed like there's no reason for me to have been so excited by that but i was like and on that sort of base level the movie worked for me but on the uh slightly more important base level of like you know being a movie that has a plot and characters it it does not even meet the extremely low bar that you would expect from this type of movie i I think it is confused about what it wants to be and about who its main characters are and that is really something that you should probably figure out before you spend millions of dollars to make your movie.
2: All right, I'm going to shout out the percussion-heavy score uh, that mixes the traditional instruments with the electronic by Benjamin Walfish. I actually really enjoyed that score quite a bit at times. Not going to go down as a favorite or anything like that, but it stood out to me. Um also going to shout out... The scene that introduces Luke Liu Kang to the other characters, the sunset desert shot. That was nice. Yeah. Uh, no, actually, it wasn't, Dan, uh, because <laughs> from one side, you've got this silhouette with this blazing red hot sun. And then what do they do for the other side? The lighting doesn't match. So they're cutting between the characters looking at him and him coming and the lighting between the two shots doesn't match.
0: Exactly. Um, Sarcasm. Okay, well, (laughs) thank you.
2: Anyway, it was just something that I was like, wow, really? Like, it's clearly it's clear that they shot those not on the same day. Yeah. Oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. Uh, That's the other thing, too. The actor who does play uh, Liu Kang here, uh, I hate to say it, but like every single line that he delivered was so, so, so heavy (laughs) and was said with such importance to the point where it was like, why is this guy acting so overly dramatic with every line reading? I just couldn't, I could not understand it.
0: And I do feel like the guy who played Kung Lao actually kind of got some of the camp mm-hmm. of this. And I, I particularly enjoyed his performance, but then like, these are supposed to be like, you know, orphan brothers or something. And they were supposed to have this deep connection. But when Kung Lao, uh, spoilered and, uh, Liu Kang spoilered, I didn't feel it.
2: No, me neither. And that just goes back to the uh, character development and how weak the characterization is. Um, one other person in this that I kind of enjoyed at times, but it's weird because I actually thought he was kind of miscast because he looks too old for the part, was uh, McCod Brooks as Jax.
0: Uh, yeah. Um, hello, McCod Brooks. You beefed up some from the last time I saw you.
2: I I wish he had more to do in this movie because I actually was liking what I was uh, receiving there in terms of uh, his characterization and performance, but very, very little. And like I said, it it also kind of struck me that he was, uh, you know, I think he's like 40 years old or something like that. He and I don't know. I just imagined the role to be a bit younger, I guess, was all I don't know. But other than that, I mean, yeah, not a big fan of this ensemble, not a big fan of these characters in general. There's really not much going on here that could get me like super excited. I mean, even the Scorpion Sub-Zero um like as much as I love that opening scene, it's my favorite scene in the movie, um it never really comes together uh at the end in a way that was wholly satisfying for me. It, it was a bit, I will admit. It was a bit uh but there are other things going on. And by that point, I was so disengaged with the entire movie at that point, uh, from everything else that had transpired before it, that I couldn't really fully enjoy the third act of this film as much as I wanted to. And that was a damn shame. Uh, and I guess the last thing I'll, I'll mention here is, uh, <sighs> Chin Han, who plays, um, uh, Shang, Shang Song. Yes. Yeah. I, 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 you know, never, never in a million years did I ever think that the guy who played Lao in The Dark Knight would be this guy. <laughs> <laughs> I just like, I don't know. That's just like I look at that character in that movie and then I look at this guy here and it's like, those two are
1: the same people? What? <laughs> you know, like, yeah, kind of wild to me. But another thing that is so disappointing, like this is your main villain of the movie and mm-hmm. he leaves barely an impression.
0: None. On the uh, zero. story. I was also very distracted by how much he looked like Sima uh, in Mulan. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. And I, I couldn't shake. I, I kept having to go back to IMDb to confirm that it wasn't Sima. <laughs> yeah.
1: Especially like the hair feel very that had. about
0: that. Yeah. It, the whole look of that character. He looked so much like the way Sima looked in Mulan that I was very distracted.
1: Yeah. It. I often think about how I watched the whole movie with him and this character, and it left no impression. And yet, the only thing I remember really about the 95 Mortal Kombat is the trailer that I mentioned. And that actor left far more of an impression on me than anything that Chin Han did in this film. I mean, talk about embracing
0: the camp. Exactly. But that was... (laughs)
1: <laughs> that's legendary.
2: But I also want to give a shout out to, uh, Joe Taslim, who, Oh, well, I him. mean, he's covered under a mask most of the time, but yeah. I actually really liked him as sub zero quite a bit. And, and like, he gets practically zero character development, but if all he had to do was be like a menacing and impo- imposing, like presence, then he succeeded in my opinion. So
1: I wish he was the, the actual main villain of this movie. And same. we didn't see, Shang Tsung, like, at all, really, that he would have been just a background player for further setup down the road, and we could have kept it rather intimate with only Sub Zero. Because I think that would have been a better story, and given Joe Taslim more to do, because I usually am a big fan of his. Yeah, no, I mean,
2: you look at that guy's filmography, and I mean, like, he crushes it usually in pretty much everything that he's a part of, and Like I said, I think the script just doesn't do him any favors here. So it's a shame. You know, it's uh, one of those movies where, like I said before, they're going to hope for a franchise starter with this. And all I can say is there's nowhere to go but up. So good for them for paving that road for themselves now where the sequel, you know, can hopefully improve upon this, hopefully. Uh, But, you know, we've seen with like things like the Transformers uh, series and, some other reboots that sequels can definitely get a lot worse, even if you deliver on the spectacle and the fan nostalgia the first time around. And that's where you're going to try and coast by. You got you got to nail this writing. You got to nail these characters. You got to nail this story down. If you can't nail that, you're, nothing else is going to fall into place. So uh, when all is said and done, I, I you know, it's really funny because I feel like I've been trashing this movie so much But at the same time, in a really weird day, weird way, I don't know if it's because of nostalgia or if it's just because I was embracing the absurdity of it all at times. I was having some fun while watching the movie, but I think I am going to decrease my grade a little bit from the first time that I uh, watched it because after, you know, if we had reviewed this right after I'd seen it, I probably would have given it a four out of ten. But Having had a couple of days to sit with it and talking it through here, I'm dropping my rating down to a three. What about you, Dan? Uh,
0: I look. I'm not going to deny that watching this the day after the 2020 Oscars may be influencing this grade because I felt like I needed to engage in some Mortal Combat for my own sanity afterwards. Um, but also, like I can't deny that I had a real blast watching this, but at the same time, I, I can't look at it objectively and say it's a good movie in any way and not even a so bad. It's good movie. So I have to err on the side of it's just not well-made, but I'm giving it a four because I did enjoy it. Like God help me.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I think that's fair.
1: That's totally fine. What about you, Josh? I'm going to land at a 3 out of 10 on this one, which I'm so sad because I was really looking forward to this movie. And I am always in for like a fun, rather light, violent, gory action movie. But I still sort of have to care somewhat about the characters, even if it's the bare minimum. And I think it just didn't do a good job at that. And even the action sequences I thought were pretty poorly executed. So I couldn't even really enjoy it on that
0: level. All right. Well,
2: Oscar potential.
1: Oscar
0: potential. Anyone? <laughs> oh, fuck all. <laughs> sure. Sure. Yeah.
2: You know how, like in the old, uh, the old uh, games, you had to do like these really, really intense button combinations in order to nail those uh, fatalities. Yes, while the opponent was groggy, you had to be like, all right, left three times, triangle like two times, you know, square X, Y, right up, down L1. I don't know. I'm doing PlayStation controls for some odd reason. (laughs) Um, But either way, it was like always like this weird button combination. I feel like you would have to do the hardest button combination in the history of button combinations to even get this anywhere close to the awards conversation. And even then. I still don't think that you would be able to nail the finishing blow for this one, so. Not happening. Absolutely not. I don't care how many buckets of blood Warner Brothers has to spill to make it happen. It ain't happening. <laughs> All right. Dan Bear, where can they find you on the Internet?
0: Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Dance and Dan on film. All right. Josh Parham. You can
2: find me on Twitter at JR Parham. And you can find me at Next Best Picture. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening to our review of Mortal Kombat here on the Next Best Picture podcast. You can subscribe to us anywhere where you subscribe to podcasts. We are proud to be part of the Evergreen Podcast Network. If you want to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, rate us five stars, leave us a comment, let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate your feedback and your support, which you can also lend on over at Patreon.